Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. We wanted to uh, continue our discussion on the Bible. Uh, For the last uh, month, we've been talking about the historicity of the Bible. Uh, Certainly, we have talked about the origin of the Bible, that uh, the Bible that you have is uh, God-breathed, meaning that uh, God is the author. And this Bible is unique in the sense that um, it's like no other, no other piece of literature, no other piece of annal, no other piece of writ is comparable to the Bible. And the reason why is because of the author, who is God. The Bible is God's message to all of humanity. If you want to know how a man should be, you look at God's words through the Bible. If you want to know the uh, idea of a woman or what a woman uh, should do and uh, what a woman is, uh, you have to go to the Bible. And um, if you want to know how to be a good parent, you have to look at the Bible. If you want to know how to be a good child, you look at the Bible. If you want to know about birth and how we all uh, came to be, you look at the Bible. If you want to know about death and its impact on humanity and the origin of death, you go to the Bible. If you want to know about prosperity, not in the financial sense, uh, not just in the material sense, Uh, Indeed, the Bible does talk about financial prosperity uh, when looking at it from a biblical perspective, not from an abusive perspective, as some of the faith teachers talk about, but more so uh, being a good steward. If you want to know about being a good steward, you turn to the scriptures. Uh, If you want to know how to control your anger, you go to the scriptures. So the Bible uh, is really our aid to live in a righteous and an abundant life while we're here on earth. And so it's very important that we treat it and we handle it correctly. We introduce and reminded others about the concept of hermeneutics. Uh, it's the uh, science and art of biblical interpretation. It's the correct way to read the scriptures versus uh, the incorrect way of reading the scriptures or trying to interpret the scriptures. And you may be saying to yourself, uh, why is that a big deal? You know, wh- why do I need to follow uh, the hermeneutical plan? The Bible itself tells us that we ought to study to show ourselves approved, a workman who need not blush with embarrassment, but, but is able to rightly divide the word of God and to rightly divide the word of God also infers that you can 
wrongly uh, divide the word of God. And so as we uh, uh, talk about interpreting the Bible or reading the Bible for all it's worth, we have to follow the science and art of biblical interpretation. And so we start first with observation. Observation uh, talks about what does the scriptures or passages say? And to help uh, with the observation, we ask the following questions. Who are the people involved? Who is the writer? Who are the recipients? Who is the story in the narrative talking about? So all of this is under observation. Then we ask the what? What are the key truths or events of that passage? What, what are the key ideas? What are the important words in that passage? Then we ask the when. When did these things take place? Uh, what was the date of authorship? The duration of the action? When in biblical history did these events take, uh, take place? It, what, is this narrative dealing with the past? Is it dealing with the present? Or is it dealing with the future? And where did, it, did these events take place? What are the places mentioned? And um, when you read the Bible, it talks about numerous places. And so those places are there uh, to inform us of the locality of where these events are occurring. And it's not just there uh, for entertainment purposes. It's there to compel us to look further into the text to see if this mentioning of the location is uh, a part of the overall theme, the overall story. Uh, the writer has in, uh, a specific intent for uh writing or let, letting us know that these events occurred in these places. So uh, look at the places mentioned. Look at the buildings. Look at the cities. Look at uh, the na names of the nations that are mentioned. And look at the landmarks. So again, for observation, we need to look at the who. We need to look at the what, the when, the where, and when we take these questions into effect or as part of the process, you'll see the Bible come to light for you. You'll see the Bible illuminate in regard to the message, in, in, in regards to the overarching theme. And again, if you need a copy of our chart on the overarching theme, uh, please email us at info at srministries.org. And we'll be happy to uh, email you a copy. So the first uh, section in reading the Bible for all it's worth is observation. What does the scripture or passage say? And we ask those four questions um, to further unpack what that passage is actually saying. Uh, so ask the who, ask the what, ask the when. Ask the where. So the section, uh, a second part or the second section in properly interpreting the scriptures is interpretation. So we move from observation to interpretation. What does it mean? What does this passage mean? And my cautionary tale 
in regards to this question is when we're trying to understand a, a passage in the Bible, the first question is not what does it mean to me? And I hear a lot of Christians uh, say that throughout the years. Um, well, this is what uh, I believe the passage is saying. Or this is what the passage means to me. This is what the text means to me. Well, that's not the first question you ought to be asking. Uh, the first question when we're dealing with the text is, what was the uh, original intent or original message to the original audience? What was the message to the original audience? So if I'm reading the text, for example, uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. If I'm reading 1 Corinthians and Paul is dealing with a situation, my first question is not, what does this passage that I just read mean to me? The first question that needs to be addressed is, what was Paul trying to convey to the Corinthian church? Then once I'm able to determine what the original message was, then the second question is, is this message prescriptive or descriptive? Prescriptive or descriptive. Prescriptive means that it's binding upon all Christians to follow the principles, instructions, or commandments contained in that message written to this church. So again, the second question is, is it prescriptive or descriptive? And once I'm able to ascertain or figure out this, uh, this message in terms of whether it's prescriptive or descriptive, that tells me um, how to uh, react or, or, or what I need to do uh, as a Christian, modern-day Christian. So if it's descriptive, that's with the D, if it's descriptive, that means that it's just describing an act, and it's, it's describing uh, an event, and it's not meant to be duplicated by Christians. But if it's prescriptive, like your prescription, then all Christians are to do it. All Christians are to pray without ceasing. All Christians need to learn uh, how to be patient. All Christians uh, need to um, speak in a way that's wholesome. All Christians need to walk by faith and not by sight. Those texts are prescriptive and not just descriptive. So again, uh, the interpretation uh, part of this process is what does it mean in terms of the text? And in order to help with the interpretation, we stick with what we call the five C's of interpretation. So I'm going to give you the five C's of interpretation. The first one is content. Content, content, content. The more time you spend in observation, the more familiar you should be with content, the content of the passage. What's in the passage? The content are all of the words, the places, the people, the ideas, the expressions, etc. contained in the passage. We should refrain from abuse of Scripture. And what I mean by that is uh, some people go to the Scripture, they just jump right into um, the, the section or chapter, the text, and they don't consider 
all of the other information around that text. They just isolate a particular text and then they attempt to interpret. That is uh, something you should never do. Never go to a text or passage or scripture and you don't consider the events that happened prior to that particular section and the events that occur after that, uh, uh, that, that section. It's almost like um, coming into a situation and uh, hearing people uh, um, debate or argue and you come in the middle of the debate, you don't know what was said before, you don't know what was said afterwards. You're just making uh, your... Uh, remarks, your, your, your interpretation or uh, your insights based on uh, half information, and you can't do that. So it's best if you want to be a student of, of, of Christ, if you want to be uh, an, an individual that's able to rightly divide God's word, you have to look at the content and then the content uh, along with the context Right. That's the second C, the context. And I just talked about that. You look at the content was there, uh, the, the words, uh, the places, the people, the ideas, the expressions, etc. the content. And in terms of the words, there's so many Bible tools out there that you can use now to better understand what the word means. Um, linguistically speaking. Uh, linguists would tell you that whenever you attempt to uh, translate languages, the receptor language, in this case, is our English language, we're receiving what the Hebrew, the Greek, and Aramaic tell us. Whenever you try to uh, transfer or translate one language to another, you're never going to be able to do it 100% in terms of the words. There's always something lost in the meaning because not all words transfer from one language to another uh, adequately or, or perfectly, rather. So this is why, as English students, if you are not able to read the uh, Old Testament, Hebrew, meaning that you, you, you're not able to uh, uh, speak it, you're not able to uh, read it, then we depend on scholars who've already done the work for us to be able to better understand what this word in the English is properly saying. I use this example all the time. Um, the passage in the New Testament where Jesus says, if you don't hate your mother and father, you cannot follow me. Well, Jesus is not literally saying that you have to hate your mother or father, but in the a particular um, Bible translation, a better way to interpret that is not to use the word hate in the English, but it, that, that, that word in the Greek literally means love less. If you don't love less your mother and father, then you cannot follow me. So what Jesus is saying is, you have to put me number one. I have to be the chief priority in your life. If you put me uh, as number one, as, as, the, as the sole uh, person in your life, everything else will fall in place. But if you just read it in the English, all you see is 
Jesus is saying I need to hate my parents in order to follow him. And that's not the case. So if we go to the concordance, if, we, if you have, for example, a strong concordance, uh, if you have a Bible dictionary, Vine's Bible dictionary, that's fine too. Uh, you can find them on, on the web now. If you have the uh, lexicon, uh, the blue letter Bible, um, as such, if you have a Lagos software, you can also uh, attempt to get to the uh, etymology of certain words. So it's important, right? We are Christians who endeavor uh, to follow Christ. And part of that is we have to be uh, students for Jesus. It's not enough to say I'm a Christian. It's not enough just to say I'm on a church roll. It's not enough to use the label of Christianity. We have to put in the work. And part of that work is being a student. And once you become a student, and, and those of us uh, that uh, went to school and, and went through school, and some of you all are blessed to have doctorates and masters and, and BAs and, 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 and as such, uh, but all of us have to become students. And part of being a student is uh, we take notes, we do homework, we pray. <laughs> when I was in, uh, um, in, in, in my uh, undergrad, prayer was vital. Uh, praying to get through certain subjects, talking to God about certain uh, topics and how to write this and uh, to do well on the test. So all of that is part of our Christian journey. We are students of Jesus Christ, and I'm constantly learning to become uh, more like Jesus, right? To become more like Jesus. Uh, I strive for perfection, even though that I'm not perfect because my model is perfect. I'll say it again. I strive for perfection, even though I'm not perfect, but my model is perfect. So I have to uh, strive to be the best me that, that, that God wants me to be. And part of that is becoming a student of Jesus Christ. Uh, when we did have bookstores, Bible bookstores rather, um, we would go in and uh, part of my journey of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ was my insatiable appetite to read more about theology. I would go into the Bible bookstores and spend hours there uh, looking for the right study Bible, looking for my strong concordance, looking for my Vines Bible dictionary. Um, and, and later on, I, I discovered the uh, um, Greek, English, uh, Hebrew interlinear Bible. And so uh, all of these are tools that are already developed for modern day Christians to be able to better interpret the scripture. So again, the first section was observation. Now we're in the second section, which is interpretation. And under interpretation, we have the five C's. The first is the content. The second is the context. Context is so important. Do not abuse the context. Uh, What is this passage uh, talking about? Where is it located? Why, why are they talking about this, that, or the other in this context? And how do how I make sense of this particular verse that I'm reading? I shouldn't read it in isolation. This is what context is all about. Context means that this particular passage could be tied in to the preceding uh, passage or the subsequent passage. So I must take the time to read 
the events that happened before this section that I'm reading and what's going on afterwards to properly put things in context. Then the third C is comparison. The Bible itself sheds light on its own meaning. Again, we're talking about comparison, comparing. Use cross-references in your Bible to seek further answers to your questions. So many of you all, you have a column in your Bible. Uh, most of the time it's centered in the Bible, and you see small letterings. Um, some t- uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, alphabet, sometimes it's numbers. And um, sometimes as you're reading your passage, you'll see uh, a citation. And that citation is designed for you to follow up on it. So you, you, you could be reading the text, and you'll see, uh, you'll see a letter or a number, and somewhere in your Bible, there's a matching number where the, the publishers have afforded you the privilege of posting a, a, a scripture or a commentary to help you to better illuminate and, and to better understand what this text is all about. So, for, for example, you could be reading John eight fifty eight, where Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Then there could possibly be a number or an alphabet taking you back to Exodus three fourteen, where um, Moses was called aside uh, from the burning bush, and it's uh, and 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 God said, um, "You tell them uh, I am sent you." So those two uh, uh, stories or narratives go together. So comparing text is very important. It'll help to enrich your life. It'll help you to become a better Bible reader. Don't forget that. It'll help you become a a, a great Bible reader. So again, let's rewind. Content under interpretation. Consider the content. Consider the context. Engage in comparison. Then the fourth C is consult. What do other study tools uh, say about this text? So whether you have a commentary, and again, by the way, uh, there's nothing wrong with using commentaries, but it is best if you start doing your own research first, then consult the commentaries. Um, over the years, I've, uh, I've used commentaries numerous times from different authors, and you'll be surprised uh, how some commentaries uh, can lead you in the wrong direction so it's important that you do your own work so you can compare it. So comparison, consult, and then lastly, conclusion. Uh, what final conclusions do you have about the passage? So those are the five C's under interpretation. And then next week, we'll do our best to um, wrap up the third and last part of how to read the Bible for all it's worth, and that's dealing with application. So we pray that Uh, Today's episode has been a blessing to your spirit. If you have any questions, please call us at info at srministries.org, or rather email us. Uh, You can also call us. Just go to our website, and uh, our number is there. Again, we thank you for your prayers. We thank you all for your partnership. And for those of you interested, if you enjoy Sound Reasoning Radio Show, we ask that you consider becoming a financial partner. Uh, you can go to srministries.org or uh, give your donations 
and mail it to P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove 95758. Remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. Dot com.